Attention. This podcast will make you happy, make you sad, believe and make you mad, but they're sure to make you feel included. The things they talk about are completely random. It's story time with Matthew Haslam Hammond. Ladies and gentlemen, it's got to the unlucky 13th episode of Storytime with Matthew Haslam Hammond, the podcast where you, the member of the general public, will get up and tell your story. Why? Because everybody has a story. Like always, this podcast is sponsored by the Pass to Assist Pod. Follow Callum, Jack, Doug and Carl as they discuss basketball. Why? Because they love basketball and so should you for all your basketball needs. Today's guest is someone who always just manages to put a smile on my face, just even just by standing there because he's just so positive. And um, I wish we had a lot more people in the world like this. Uh, Peter Foster, you could learn a few things by smiling. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, this guy is uh, an amazing lad. He, he loves his video games, his movies, uh, especially Star Wars and Terminator. Just any gun game in general you can play. So without further ado, as a wrestling fan, here we go. Please welcome to the show, Zach Templeman. So Zach... Welcome to the show. How you doing, buddy? Oh, I'm doing great, Matthew. How are you? <laughs> I am not too bad, thank you. The sound is picking up well, so that's what I like to see. So, tell us about you right now. What are you doing? Well, uh, what, right this moment or just in general? In general, so, in general, Zach, you know, in life. Oh, in general, well... Obviously, I'm studying. Uh, I'm at the second year at uni. I'm, I'm studying at the Manchester Film School. Uh, and at the moment, I've got a few specialisms that I want to specialise in for my future career. I mean, I love writing scripts. Um, I mean, I, I love directing and I love editing. They're my top three. Um, so, so anything like time in the future, um, it, I can even go anywhere. I can even go like, for the freelance route or try to look for a production company. Even even my teaching. I mean, I don't. I mean, like even like a little business, like uh, just like cheap like students, or just um, just let's say this is what I've done. This is how I see like the art of filmmaking, and then you can approach it this way, and then just just trying to make a bit of money from it. I mean, it sounds positive, and it's what people are doing these days, and just like find, trying to find a little right location, trying to find the right business. So we'll just we'll see what happens. But I'm really enjoying it. I think I'm, I'm loving what I'm doing. I'm, I'm learning so much. I'm trying to get that secret art. I'm on, I'm on a quest, like, I'm on a quest to find the art of editing, directing and writing. Where, where can I go? What can I do? I've got all the books in there at the side. Uh, and I'm just, just trying my best. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to read one like, oh, this is it. This is it. I finally cracked it. <laughs> <laughs> but... But I'm really, I'm really happy with what I'm doing. Uh, I mean, it's there's ups and downs. I mean, you learn so much of like the more you put into, it, the more you research, and, and I'm really getting the, the best out of it. It's just getting out there and just telling yourself, and then I'm just trying to be as successful as I can be. So if I can see myself in five years' time, I'm, I'll say that I can be kind of like on the experience part and just grow my way towards a professional level and then and even try to like work abroad and just see what's going on there you know in that same field because i think that's where my career is going to head i think uh, the way i see it so um i hope that's a lot of information for that part matthew <laughs> I, I, I love your positive attitude just everything about you you're just always so happy all the time you're like you know you know when you're like you know you, you, a dog when it, you know someone knocks on the door and the dog gets a bit excited that's just you all the bloody time mate <laughs> <laughs> hey, I might be a dog in disguise. I'm just in human form. <laughs> tell, 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 tell everyone from Essex where you are from. Okay, so so I'm I'm from Bolton. That's Wee. where I was born. 
Yeah, Bolton Wanderers. Yes. The one only one. Are you are you an avid Bolton Wanderers fan? Would you say? Yes, we're growing Bolton Wanderers. Yeah, I'm a wanderer. I'm a wanderer. <laughs> nice. Yeah, Bolton Wanderers, born and bred up in the northwest. You know, past in peace and everything. Blackpool, fish and chips. <laughs> Get caught off the Ulmer passes shopping, the one of the best passes in the world. Grab one, you're not gonna be disappointed. It's the best in the world. Wait, wait, but <laughs> who, who, which one do you prefer, Carl's or the Yell Pasty shop? Oh, that's a tough decision. It's like David versus Goliath. Uh, <laughs> it's really, it's really, really tough. Uh, I, I, I'm really sorry, but despite the nice pastry of cars, but the Old Pasty shop, you have to take the cake. They have to do the, the the recipe, everything. It they just it hot or cold. Well, you can do that for cars passes as well. Mm. But all passes shop they they've just got that touch. They just they've got that touch there. And I'm like, yes, that's it. That's the one. <laughs> Man, like you know, uh, for all you at home who are listening right now, you don't know what a pasty is. It's meat and potato in a pasty. That's the easiest way to describe it. And in Bolton, there's like these two different bakeries, really. You have cars and you've got the old pasty shop. Zach went for the old pasty shop. <laughs> <laughs> it's been there for nearly 500 years, I think, or longer. Mm. Uh, I think, yeah, I think so. Yeah, that, that place would never close down. That, that will survive. It's got a piece of history in the place there as well. And speaking of like, uh, like old places in Bolton, they've got uh, one of the oldest pubs in Britain called the, the Old Man and Scythe. Uh, I mean, it's been there for nearly. Uh, about 800 years, mm-hmm. I think, I believe. Uh, it's been restored in fifteen, uh, in 1500s, and there's a bit of history behind there. And as soon as you walk in, it's that old. It's just, you have to really mind your head because of the, how slanted the doorway is. <laughs> That's what I love architecture. It's so cool. Is it one of your favourite pubs to go to? Yeah, it is. Yeah, a bit of yeah. history. It's got some good beating, and uh, yeah, it's great. So, I'll tell you what else it's got. Then. It's got a great jukebox as well. Oh, the jukebox is stunning. Oh, I mean, uh, it's just a shame that, uh, well, no, I mean, it's not too much, but you can play so many songs as you want. I mean, it's about 12, you can play about 12 songs for about £2, I think. I don't know, I can't remember. Your, your prices uh, up there the... are a lot cheaper than us. Down here, we're lucky to get free for a pound, so, you know, 12 songs <laughs> for £2 is a bargain. Nice. Well, so, yeah, so you grew up in Bolton. Uh, how, how was that for you? Did you enjoy it, or...? Um... Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, uh, where I was born, uh, uh, I mean, I've only lived in two houses throughout my entire life. Uh, I used to live off Bowie Road uh, when I was, uh, in fact, no, I used to live on Bowie Road when I was like, like two or three years old, and then, uh, and then I moved off Bowie Road um, for about for about four years, uh, I think, uh, and then after that, we moved on to Crompton Way, which is another off Bowie Road, and I'd be here for the rest of my life. In fact, this room. I've been here for like 20 plus years. Mm. Uh, it's been three restorations and I've had all my games and all my films and it's it's just going to be tough that I hope that well, one day, I'm, I mean, I don't know, uh, it, we'll just have to see what life goes. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it's been great. I mean, there's also lots of around like parks and everything. There's 
uh, all parts have been going to, there's a lot of activity going on, uh, and then obviously Bolton has changed a lot ever since I've grown up, I mean, I remember there used to be a laser quest over there, and I, I went to it one time, I think I went to it twice before I used to uh, go to one of the Trevor Centre in Manchester, um, and I can remember a few places as well, I even remember the McDonald's as well, they used to have that play area with the, the bow pole and the slides, and like, and uh, I was like, oh, no, look at that, that um, mascot on there, it's scaring the hell out of me, what was going on, uh, but but I was but that was just uh, my childhood, and then I even remember as well when they changed that into like a, a disco thing, and you used to play Queen. We were rock you, and you get to step on these lights, and so soon you step on the line, then you get to play the whole like Queen song, and I'm like, this is so cool, uh, but it's just not there anymore, and it's kind of, and it's like oh, it's 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 kind of like part of my childhood, it's just gone. It's like oh, I really miss it. So, yeah. but yeah, I've had some good memories in Bolton growing up. So. Um, and then obviously when I got to the school and in my college, I tend to get a bit more confidence. And now, and now because of the where I'm studying now, it's more Manchester way. So Manchester is like my second home now. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, Bolton is going to bring me a lot of good memories. Uh, I mean, I was born here, so and it's. Uh, but just got to see what happens, really. Yeah, so. Man, like. <laughs> Good piece of history there. Yeah, <laughs> you basically just did everything I needed to like, ask you, just all in one thing, really. But in, in your spare time, you love watching movies and playing video games. Is that correct? Oh, oh yes. Uh, I mean, they are an art form these days. I mean, everyone sees an art form in a different mm. way, and I see films and video games as like a really good art form because they're so experimental. I mean, you can do so much with it, and they're continuing to evolve into different mediums. And and with um, and it's like one of my first films. I mean, I used to grow up in the nineties, and and some of the films back then they were crazy of ideas, and, and they were amazing. I've seen different eras of films, like if through the nineties as well, like uh, uh, the way the transition into like the more action genres like in the early 2010s and now it's more like streaming like films with cgi and it's just incredible um at home of much films involved and then when i got into like the um well in my teen years i started watching like the old films way before my time and i'm like oh these films are amazing like from like the 70s and 60s i'm like what's going on here uh, i mean the way they like the filmed and the way they were written and like it's just got like a there's just something. There's a bit of a spark in it that I like, and uh, and I like I like start collecting, and I'm like because that's what I'm like. I'm more of a collector. Uh, I mean, I love collecting things like films and games, um, and that's what I do. Because when I see something digital wise, I feel like I mean you've got it, but I feel like you don't own it fully. So that's why I usually buy like a Blu-ray or a DVD copy, mm. and as soon as they're in a cupboard or in a shelf, let's say in a few years time, then it's there. I can watch it whenever I want take it wherever I want, uh, anywhere abroad, or, and then that's it. I can just start uh, watching my own free time, or with a few friends, or grab a few pizzas, have a beer, and have a laugh, and there you go. Yeah. So, and same with games as well. I mean, I mean, I remember playing games at all, like back in the late, early 90s, during the PS1 days. Yeah. Uh, I mean, my first game I ever played was Gran Turismo, uh, the racing one, and, and I love that series ever since, and it's never really disappointed me, and, I, and I'm gonna, I can't wait for the new one for the PS5, mm-hmm. because it holds part of my childhood. Uh, and then, I mean, there's so many crazy games I've always played as well. I knew one of those who researches like the underrated gems, like, Urban Chaos uh, Right Response, for example, on the PS2. Yep. Uh, I'm sure we've got a bit of history on that, aren't we? So... We'll, we'll get on to it in a second, my man, yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> Actually, you know, you know we'll yeah. do, fuck it, we'll do it now, right? Do you remember, okay. you, you bought, um, the funny thing about Zach, basically, is he will come down to Essex for like two days and bring about 20 games with him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> do you agree? You agree, don't you? I do agree. Yeah, okay. Yes. Right. And uh, so basically, yeah, one time he come down and um, he bought this game called Urban Chaos for the PlayStation 2. If I can remember, I think it was a really highly rated game in like Game Master for like 90% or something like that. But I don't think it really took off or anything like that. And I remember, like, at the start, they put on this cutscene, and the cutscene was basically, like, breaking news, like, it had, like, the time, the actual time of the day, whatever it was, like, when your PS2 was, like, on or whatever, and, like, because it said breaking news, my my mum and uh, Auntie Sandra both looked at the TV and got quite panicked for a while, because they thought it literally was breaking news on the TV, but <laughs> what is the storyline of the game? Just, just say everyone. I think the storyline, you play as this uh, T-04 uh, enforcer called Nick Mason, who are like this specialised government unit who are um, who are tasked to break, uh, to try to push back this gang called the Burners, who are like this terrorism unit. Uh, and that's all you do in the game. You go through these missions, uh, you take down these gang members, and you got a shield to protect yourself, which was something new at the time. And I'm surprised they've not really used it since uh, in a few other games, because uh, that, that shield mechanic was pretty original. Mm. Um, especially when you had that sit that. Uh, that hostage situation where you've got that uh, burner who's got that hostage you have to use your shield in a very intense moment and and every time you shoot that game member there was always like a, a graphic death at the end uh, but but we all know that we all remember it because oh my god there's so many things you can do like the tasers and the shotguns you can have and then but the funniest thing what we can do in the game is that I think I think the developers forgot even to turn friendly fire off, and I'm like, oh yes, we'll get the taser and just kill all short civilians and then burn them up. And then the funniest thing is that on the screen when you burn these civilians up, it even says like Inferno Crispy Barbecued. I'm like, <laughs> what you can do, you can tase them, and then if you quickly get the shotgun, you can bang them away and they start flying off at the start of the screen. <laughs> Isn't that the and game of like you, 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 message uh, of the of family and watching? <laughs> I, re- I remember. I don't think we ever got past the first level because you were too busy laughing your head off at putting big head mode, squeaky voice mode on, uh, and then like there was that part where like you had to do the shaft or whatever, and like so when oh, you do, do not hit the, the thing. Or whatever. Door, yeah. yeah, and like you hit the backdraft door, and you just hear no. <laughs> As soon as you, as soon as you do it the right time, you shoot him. It'll it'll go uh, it'll go forward and then it'll go flying backwards and it'll go off across the map. Yeah, <laughs> it's, like, it's incredible. It's genius. Because I remember you kept, you just like you just laugh at everything. So it was you just basically just tasering this poor guy and just. Like he's been like defibrillated, you know. <laughs> like, uh, it was a, it was a, it was a funny, <laughs> really funny moment. But then you had this obsession with basically like toasting them with with the taser and then pulling out a gun quickly and going <laughs> like and then like when when the person who you were working with died, basically you found a mission and it would come up saying like. He he survived by his two daughters or whatever and wife or whatever. <laughs> and you yeah, like you feel well, I feel really bad for killing this prick off. I'm like wow, it's 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 just amazing what the developers were thinking when they were making that. And it's it's amazing how that game 
was the first other developer who made the incredible Batman Arkham series. Mm. It's it's just incredible how they've gone from that to that. It, it's just incredible. But for a started project, I say that is incredible. For, for, for a start, I'm like, we need to get it remastered. We need to get a petition signed and get it remastered or re-released on PS4 or PS5 because I really want to play it again. That, that's just a genius idea. So. <laughs> but yeah, I'd say that's a very underrated game for the PS2. Very, uh, definitely a lot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was a very, very interesting game. Um, but I think I think where this conversation is probably going to go on for most of the chat now is whether you're a film career, you, you're, you're going to plan on making a movie about a certain video game. Uh, oh, yes. We know that video game, and we've got more history on that between us both. It's called Ride to Hell Retribution, the greatest game on the planet, ladies and gentlemen. You, you call it a disaster a piece because it's a disaster, but it's also a masterpiece at the same time. It's one of, it's one yes. of those games that's so bad, it's actually quite good. Yes, it yeah. is. It's it is such a genius concept of of um. It's just it's just a, it's just a work of art. I mean, you can go into an art gallery, put screen images of that on the walls, and you will actually obliterate the genius idea of what they made over this game. Hmm. <laughs> well, on the other hands, like you know, the size, of, you know, two times the size of their heads and things like that. If I can remember, like. Yeah. It's- <laughs> It's just amazing. I think it's great, incredible art, especially especially when he stands up and he looks at Anvil. You see the size of his hands when he's pulling them down. It's like it's like a size of his head, or even bigger than, or even bigger than the size of his head. It's like <laughs> you, you, you just said Anvil. Can you please describe to the people at home what who Anvil is? Oh, Anvil is probably the greatest character in any video game history. He's he's well he's well original. He he's very inspiring. In fact, you can put him in any video game, and he'll make the game shine up. He really will. And and his voice acting is Oscar worthy. I mean, really Oscar worthy. In fact, you can put him in. He'll get like ten Oscars for best voice acting ever. Mm. <laughs> now, tell tell the people at home what the storyline is to this game, and then then do your impression of uh, Anvil to to describe the game in general. How how badass this game is. Okay, so the storyline is set in the sixties. It's set in the in the western part of America when the gangs were bicycle gangs were roaming uh, during that time. And I think it was an inc- I think it's an incredible concept. I mean, you got you you play this game called uh, uh, I think it's called uh, Jake. Uh, I think he was yeah Jake. He comes yeah. back from Vietnam. He sees his brother. Uh, and he sees his uh, dad, uh, uncle again. I think he was. It was his dad. Yeah, his yeah. uncle. Yeah. So, and then that's the one. Yeah. So he, he so he rides. Uh, so they ride off together. Uh, well, his brother, the two brothers, and he says like, "Oh, he's, I really want to. Uh, I want to grow up. Want to be in this, like the gang and everything." And he rides off. Uh, and he catches him up, and then he grabs him a burger, and then suddenly, Anvil turns up, the shining star of the game. <laughs> And here we go. Should we do the voice impression? Go do on then. Do it? Go for it. You go for it. Okay. Um, I know it'd be great if we played the music, but it won't have the same kick, won it? <laughs> do, we, do, we, do, do we do the background music? Uh, you can do if you want. Okay. Um, You're not gonna do the impression. Oh yeah, you have to wait till it ends though. I'd rather do it when it ends. So okay, go on, you do it again. I thought it was together. I thought we were doing it together. Like you know, <laughs> yeah, 
This is like a skinny little baby cow. You have a sliced off here on a baby cow. They scream and scream. It's funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's, it's it's out of this world. Well, I say it wouldn't really say it's out of this world because it's based in the westerns, but like it's uh, it's a very very interesting concept, especially like you know. Uh, so you have this like battle scene or whatever it is, and then like uh, it comes back to him or whatever, and he goes like, "Tell me who is the man you're working for?" And he goes, "Fuck y'all!" <laughs> and then basically the. The, the guy, the guy Jake, like... kills him or something, and then you hear like Jake's uncle go like, "Jesus Christ, Jake! I didn't think you had it in you." And he just goes, yeah. <laughs> "Amazing accent, one hundred percent." Like that, Jake. What the hell happened? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a very very interesting video game. And um, most interesting parts about it is where every time a girl is basically about to get raped. You go in and save her, which is the cool thing to do. But then suddenly, she's in the mood to get it on with the main character. It's like, surely you'd be put off something like that for a while, right? <laughs> yes, and they do it fully clothed as well, which is kind of interesting. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so back in the alley or in a bedroom, she yeah, she both gets raped and then she has sex with the main character. Wow. <laughs> That is a that's the jackpot. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a weird one that one. You know, it's just there like, like <laughs> I, I don't know who come up with this very that. very interesting concept, but you know, uh, yeah, it's a very 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 interesting game. Um, it only got rated like one percent, and it's actually deemed the worst video game ever made, if I can remember. Is that correct? Uh, yes, uh, yeah. I even said 1% on the box yeah. art, meaning only 1% of the game is complete. <laughs> well, that's the joke about it, wasn't it? Because like, the, the, the motorcycle gang are called like, the 1% or something like that. 1%? Yeah. Like, and then, then like, they're 0.1% complete as well. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing, people. You, you kind of thought to yourself, is the, is the game just. It's the developers taking the piss out of themselves by putting 1% on the front of the case, but they weren't. They were just basically saying, yeah, he's a part of this motorcycle gang called the 1%. So uh, that, that that's how it exists, or whatever. So it's like, um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, nice. If you fancy a good laugh and playing a video game, play that. Uh, yeah. At the same time, you know, uh, it's probably best to spend your money on something better. Yeah. So, but it's worth playing. So, if you want that good game again, it's Ride to Hell Retribution. It's on Xbox, uh, Xbox 360, PlayStation 3, and PC. So they're the platforms for you. Yeah, to give you a heads up. <laughs> if you if you actually were to make the movie about that game, would you make it as like stupid as as the storyline? Would you keep everything yeah. the same? Would you make it like I a Sharknado keep... kind of film? Um, no, I keep it the same concept because if it's there, why don't fix that's not broken? I mean, it's effective. It's astonishing. It's a, it's it's in, 
well, it's, it's appropriate for its audience. So, I mean, why not just make it straight to DVD instead of put on? Well, if you if you brave enough to put it in the cinemas and see how much it makes it uh, money in the box office, and why not go for it? I mean, if you get the cinematography right, the music right, I think it's going to be worth a hit. Yeah. So, <laughs> why not? So make it, or even make a TV series if that makes it even better. So <laughs> get the script ready for the first season. <laughs> who, who would you have as uh, Anvil? Oh, uh, Ron Perlman. Uh, a good, good choice. Well, he's in Sons of Anarchy, so uh, I think there's a bit of a reference there. But I don't know. Uh, it could be anyone, really. Um, I just need to think of a really good actor. Someone, uh, obviously, you need someone big and stronger because he's actually pretty big in the game. Mm. Um, but, you know, yeah, I, could, um, I think I might have an idea. Uh, I just have to keep watching. I think probably someone from Game of Thrones who might take the role if he's interested. So, <laughs> is it going to be? T- is it going to be Peter Dinklage? It's <laughs> <laughs> like you know, seven oh foot giant, but played by a four foot, like three foot man, or whatever. I do see Peter Dinklage in a motorbike story. I can actually see that. Yeah, I think you pull it off. You know how to move, tiny. <laughs> 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 Yeah, that'll be quite oh, good. Now we're talking. Mm. <laughs> yeah, nice. anyway, like, talk about the video games a bit more. Like, uh, what's your favourite gaming series? Uh, favourite game series? Oh, oh, that's a really tough Do you one. want to have a think about it? I'll tell a funny story about you. Go on, then. All right, Go so on. basically, uh, me, you, uh, I think it was me, you, my brother... Uh, Pete, uh, my my mate Pete, and uh, I think my mate Steve. We went to uh, Romford once to go bowling, and after we were done bowling, there's an arcade there. And you know how you get like, uh, uh, is it like so on the arcade? You know when you have like you know time crisis or whatever like that. You know, yes. You put one pound in it. You went into a Star Wars battle pod, put a pound in, but you were in there for a good hour. <laughs> and like usually, like your turn is up in like about five minutes but somehow you actually played the game properly and uh you just basically didn't spend any more money you were just there just playing the star wars game for a good hour <laughs> and we're all probably going like how has he lasted this long <laughs> <You know? laughs> absolutely mind-blowing but hmm. i mean it was that machine in it so uh, because that one you had to pay another pound for every goal which is a bit of a, bit of a daft idea but i think i remember spending five pounds about five levels or four pound but yeah. i think that's why i caused another hour in there <laughs> that's the reason why <laughs> that's fair enough then oh, I, thought, I thought you honestly spent the pound in there and literally uh, yeah but fair enough All right, cool. <laughs> if it was the other one the other star wars game the one from the 90s uh, i think it was called star wars trilogy arcade then I think it would have been a pound. But this one, you have to spend a pound for every stage you went to. Mm. So, yeah, that was the biggest difference for it. That's why I called another round winner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But, yeah, how, how, are you, um, how, how are you... like? So, yeah, you, have you thought about what your favourite gaming series is? Favourite game series? Or even uh, just your favourite uh, game in general? Well, I do love... Uh, I do love Metal Gear Solid. Mm-hmm. I do like the series. I think it's very artistic... Very complicated storyline. I love Hideo Kojima's direction because I think he's he's just an insane artist. Whenever I don't know what goes through his head, but whatever he plans on paper, it's just bonkers. Um, it's like when I used to play Metal Gear Solid for the PS One, 
and I completed it. And I'm like, this is literally not literally a masterpiece in terms of storytelling, the way it tells the audience, it's action packed, it's suspense, everything hits the full marks. And, mm. and the entire series after that got even more berserk uh, in terms of like the prequel ones and the sequel ones. And it's, it's just an insane series. It's really insane. A lot of characters a really complex storyline but when you play from start to finish and realize what the story is it is possibly the greatest story ever told in video game form if you look at it very carefully because it's it's just insane uh and because I mean, you've got to be all in order so you got your Mel Mel uh, Solid 3, Snake Eater, Peace Walker, Ground Zeroes, Phantom Pain, Metal Gear for the NE, not NES, the uh, MSX, then Metal Gear 2 for the MSX, Metal Gear Solid for the PS1, Metal Gear Solid 2, and then Metal Gear Solid 4. They are your main ones. Mm. Uh, you got two spin-offs, uh, Metal Gear Rising, which was like a Raiden spin-off. That was pretty good. And then you got like a Portable Ops one, which was not as good. Um, yeah, even Hideo Kojima was a really big fan of that. And he told him, like, don't let the fans play that. I mean, good concept, but it didn't really flow as well uh, because of Hideo Kojima's uh, direction. It wasn't involved. Uh, so, same with Rise as well, even though he wasn't involved in that project, it still was a good direction because he supervised it. And I think, it, and I think if they were to continue it in the future, they should focus on Metal Gear Rising because I thought it is the future of the storyline. But, in terms of like the current relationship between like Hideo Kojima now with Sony and he just doesn't work with Konami anymore, I said the series is over mm. and it is quite much older. And, and then I remember playing Phantom Pain and he even said like messages like, thank you for your support. And I'm like, oh, this is the last one. And, and I think it is. I mean, we're not seeing one for about five years now and it's kind of upset me in a way. Uh, it is pretty ups- It is pretty sad. So... Uh, I mean, a serious goal like that, it's kind of a shame uh, because it's it's highly praised by fans and he looks for the support. But the way it what well, the way it happened to Kojima, it, it was pretty sad because he just got fired from like Konami and uh, and he worked on Persona. And like the way he did all that work for them and got treated like that, it's kind of sad. It really is. Mm. So and that, and I think that's why it's one of my favorite video game series of all time because of its um, actual impact to the genres of what it produced mm. so but yeah that was um, I say yeah I say Metal Gear Solid is my favorite video game franchise of all time I agree yeah so there you go um, what a, um, I know you like um, I know you like WWE as well don't you so uh, I mean, I have a good history with that as well, like of the WWE games, like SmackDown versus Raw, or even SmackDown, Not Your Roll, Just Bring It, and the old SmackDown games, and Shut Your Mouth, and Here Comes the Pain. They're some good classics as well. They're, they're pretty good to play. So I've had some good memories with them, especially you get on the top rope or get on a, uh, one of those, uh, what they call those carts, not carts, those uh, faultless trucks. Yeah. When you get in the warehouse, you get to go on them, you get to go everywhere. <laughs> So you, you, really you basically fun. play the game just to drive on the forklift trucks and not not the not the wrestling part. <laughs> yes, yeah. just just the forklift trucks. I don't know what it was. You just you can round people like that, like bash them, just keep knocking <laughs> people down. I'm like, they don't do that anymore. Like, they need to bring it back. <laughs> <laughs> they really do. <laughs> but yeah, they had some good memories as well. So yeah, definitely Belt Gear Solid is definitely my favorite video game series of all time. Uh, yeah, that's my uh, opinion on that. So, there you go. <laughs> tell, tell us about waiting 10 years to play The Last of Us Part 2. Uh, Last of Us Part 2. Um, what, you want my opinion from yeah, it? Yeah, go for it. 
Right, okay, no spoilers, but I think to me... It's been, it's, been, it's been a few months since it's been out, you can spoil it all you want, you know, at the end of the day. Oh. We'll put a spoiler alert at the start of this, this, this episode, so just, just go for it. Okay, no worries. Well, Lost of Us, well, um, Lost of Us Part 2, for me, um, I just think, it just, it just, it's just not as good as the original. Mm. This, this, yeah, I just think, I know there's a lot of controversial moments, and, and Joel's death, to me, it didn't upset me, it kind of made me mad, because yeah. they built up this, it's true, because they built up this chemistry so much of Joel and Ellie, mm. that I thought it would have been, like, I thought the revenge story would have been, um, would have been, what's it called? Joel's brother Tommy. Um, sorry, mate. Joel's brother Tommy. Yeah, yeah, I think um, he was a badass in that game. <laughs> yeah, he was. Yeah, I mean, he's still alive, so I hope he. If they make a fair one, I hope he becomes a ma- more major focus. Uh, because the way they did, the way that happened to Joel, because of what they survived together, it, it, it was just a, it was just an insane decision of why to kill him off like that. Mm. I understand they wanted to make a game for adults. I understand that because it wasn't a family; it was a definitely mature game, but. It was just, it was just. Why? I mean, if they would have done it appropriately, then then I would have accepted it. But the way they did it like that, it's like they just introduce a character, don't know her from the start, just beats her off, and then we're trying to like care for her. And mm. like, I don't know. It's like, well, no, that's not how you like do character development. I mean, how am I supposed to play a character who you just? kill off and then we're like oh we're gonna hit this woman and that's why when we played this abby i kept killing her off the first few seconds because like you <laughs> yeah. killed joe you bitch and everything so but um but yeah and it's and it's like ellie they tried to make her like the bad person it's like no she's not mm. so she's like the hero she's like i know she's redundant from this virus and it, it's it's kind of insane so i mean some parts the they went a bit right with especially especially like obviously it is a good looking game from a graphics point of view but in terms of the storyline it was very controversial and i'm like they've kind of missed the point here and i'm like i don't know why i think they took all that time to release this and it's like i mean i mean after, i mean even the ending as well i didn't even like the ending because i thought that was just a waste of time yeah. so the, the the ending was like I'm like I really wanted to like crush Abby. I really wanted to drown. I'm like when Ellie let go of her. I'm like I'm like oh, come on, <laughs> it's ridiculous. I'm like that's uh, this is just a really wasted opportunity. What a, it's just a wasted opportunity game. It was such a disappointment. Uh, yeah. So I'm really so, but I'm definitely considering it's definitely not as good as the first one, even though it's really highly rated because the the first one was such a masterpiece in terms of storytelling and shock value and setting up the character developments and it was a great start but then second one they just blew it they really blew it <laughs> and yeah, i'm no. like and i'm like what they're going to do for the third one because i don't know but i'm really really not looking forward to the third one if they do it i think if they're going to do a third one um i feel like the third one is going to basically be just a brand new kind of family kind of thing so it'll be all over again so it'll be like another family's perspective well, okay, yeah, well, it might be, it might be, uh, but then again, I mean, it could, it could be, uh, it could it be, could like, be you know, you know, Dina, like the, um, the lesbian lover of, um, Thingy, 
it might be like her story about how she got into it. Uh, yeah, because what she, she walks off, doesn't she? Because I remember she, because she leaves Ellie because of Ellie's decision, you know, to go and and find Abby and kill her. Mm. So, uh, but yeah, it could be that could be a choice. Uh, but then again, Tommy might be a he might be a character because I know I know he's wounded now, but. Um, I was going to say, I don't think him and Ellie are going to be doing too well considering Ellie's got about like eight fingers or something like that, isn't she? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think, yeah, I remember that. I think I just realised something because they all break off at the end. What happens if they follow different paths hmm. in a way of the terms of survival? I'm not sure if that's pushing it a bit, but that's the way I can think of how the story's going to go because it's going to be like survival now because the human race is the human race is dying and there's only going to be a few left and yeah. I mean The Last of Us might even even make sense in the third one so uh, if they might even do it as a trilogy or even do it four games you never know so mm. um, there might even be a cure we never know there might, there might be restoration there might be hope or mm. uh, it might be a dark ending but I think the way it's going it, it might be a dark ending because there will be so much so much humanity left. So, what would you do uh, if, <laughs> if if they made a third one? But it's Nathan Drake from Uncharted, and <laughs> him oh, in oh, in that nice. universe. <laughs> oh, nice! Play, yes. So that, basically, that, that, that him a- him and his wife trying to survive. Nice. Him so and Sally, finally. Yeah. So we finally, oh yeah, do you know what? That would be actually be a good twist. <laughs> so Nathan Drake and his family are in the same universe as The Last of Us, and they survive. That would be amazing. <laughs> so that that would be interesting. Blowing up archi- architects and and then sending up money for his house, and then a virus appears. Yeah, do you know what? Actually, sounds like a really common universe. Hmm. I would actually accept that. I would actually play, love to play as Nathan Drake in <laughs> The Last of Us Part Three. I've sold you. <laughs> Oh, yeah, do you know what? I love that. I think that would be a great opportunity. Yeah, get, get that written down, Naughty Dog. Get that written down. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Unch- the, the Last of Us Part 3, the Uncharted Territories. <laughs> well, I'm glad you'd be down for it, you know. That's a, <laughs> a that, that'll, that'll bring a bit of hope compared to the second one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... Oh yeah, mate, definitely. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, like, would, it does sound like quite an interesting concept. I'd, I'd be down for it, of course. But you know, uh, it, it's, it's like it's where Naughty Dog are basically what you know they're gonna want to have. You know, I, you know, at the end of the day, I'll be, I'll be down to see you know them trying to go. Yeah, uh, I don't even know what we're up to, but yeah, just go on about. So yeah, uh, Red, Deb, you uh, yeah, go on. Go. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, so yeah, so what we're talking about, Last of Us Part Two. Uh, I will say that a really good game that I would consider to be one of the greatest games of the PS4 is definitely Red Dead Redemption Two. Mm. Um, the amount of work they put into that is insane, and uh, I mean they even collaborated on the Rockstar Studios to make it as their passion project, and uh, and you can spend so many hours in that game you don't even need to finish the main storyline to keep going it, it's insane yeah. and there's so much things you can do and it, it's, it's just incredible uh, and I do don't mind the western genre and then, and I'm like how are they going to top this up compared to the amazing masterpiece from the original uh, from 2010 and then when they did it I'm like this is actually breathtaking I'm like how they managed to improve on this <laughs> it's insane <laughs> 
so and even though it's a prequel as well so it tells the origin story about how well even though john's not the main character but he plays a big role in this um so uh you play as arthur morgan who's part of like the uh dutch's gang who are roaming around like the united states because at that time the gunslingers were getting killed off and the wild west team was about to die so mm. and they treated like the gang as a family and he had to survive, and then brings a really good story story to tell. Um, and even like that as well, even like the side quest you attend, they've even got more like, interesting stories. Um, and then even that as well, they can do that as well. So, and it's and I'm not even um, got in like so I'm, like halfway through the game yet, and I'm enjoying it as much as possible. So, just I'm just one. I, I want to do it in, like a schedule based game. Well, let's say one day where you can like hunt animals then trade them off for money and then next day you can do like side quests and explore and then do like friday week to like the main quest and just do like a bit of day and i think that'll be a great routine to play the game and uh and that's what i like about rockstar games because their designs especially in open world gaming uh if i, I was considered the other kings of open world gaming because they make grand theft also so uh but when red dead redemption came out uh it was it was just incredible even though they they made uh, another Red Dead game called Red Dead Revolver mm-hmm. back in 2004, I think it was. Yep. Um, yes, that's it. Um, uh, but then when they rebooted it to Red Dead Redemption as an open world game, uh, I think they went in the right direction. Uh, and then they created the, um, one of the greatest Wild West uh, games of all time, one and two. So, so yeah, that's what I play at the moment. And, and it's just a masterpiece. Uh, it's just it's it's just great what you can do it. It's insane. Yeah, so I just can't wait to see what it looks like on the PS5. See what improvements they've got in store because they might remaster it or they might do it as like an improvement overall from the PS4 to the PS5 model. They've even confirmed the PS5 remaster, mm-hmm. so we'll just see if they do it for Red Dead Redemption Two. But I'm looking forward to it if they do, and it'll be a great hit if they do. Yeah. So my my okay. um, my brother Nick, obviously you know him. Uh, he. Um, he he even said that with Red Dead Redemption, it's what got him back into gaming. And uh, now you'll see him every day on the PS4, like you know, playing his own games and things like that. So you know, that's nice to see. <laughs> but he did say Crash Bandicoot Four. Uh, he's got whatever it's called, Crash Bandicoot. It's about time, whatever it's called. He says it's the hardest game in the world to not to buy it. <laughs> Oh, oh, I've still not bought that game yet, but I want to get it. So, I mean, Crash Bandicoot is part of my childhood as well. I mean, I remember remember playing that uh, when I was growing up. And even Spyro as well. Spyro and Crash, they, they were some of my childhood icons during the PS1 era. Because I remember playing uh, Spyro, the Year of the Dragon, yeah. um, all the time uh, on PS1. And that, that game was a masterpiece, especially all the mini games you can do as well. And I'm like, and the skateboarding as well, that skateboarding section was amazing and i'm like getting a bit of tony hawk's pro skater vibes here so <laughs> there we go and even tony hawk's pro skater is another part of my childhood because those games rock and they really do just like even playing horse with your two friends and you can have a great time just playing horse you get to choose your own word it is incredible <laughs> i love it man like, oh. yeah. Get, like, my, my favorite gaming series at the moment uh I like uh, I I always I'm always a Nintendo boy like deep down my favorite game of all time is Donkey Kong Country for the Super Nintendo but 
Uh, and then, like, my second favourite game is uh, Super Mario World. However, I do say the most beautiful video game in the world is Super Mario Galaxy. However, last night, Super Mario Galaxy had a lot of frustration thrown at it by me. Um, a lot of, like, you bastard game, fuck you. What's the point of even making it if you can't even do it? But I completed it. So, you know, that, that was that was the main part of the story. But, yeah, I'm on Mario Odyssey again now. Like, I've completed that once when I was at my mate's house in America. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to playing it again really so that you know that's that but yeah tell us, tell us about university how, how is that um, going for you uh, it's good all right uh, I mean when I, when I was in the first year because uh, mm-hmm. what they do they start off like uh, slow wise so in your first year you really get access to limited equipment uh, like like DSLR cameras you know like we're using personal like photography and just videography for YouTube etc so uh, it was a good course I mean the first few months they get they introduced you to uh, like person you know like just draft scripts where you can uh, create and what you do you they give, they give this draft script and then you go off and shoot it and then there's so many roles you can do like boom operating sound mixing camera operating focus pulling clapperboarding uh light sparker uh, pre-spark uh producer writing director there's, there's so much roles mm. um, and then what's great as well is that the tutors what we see you as, what you're capable as, of, of like how confident you are and how you approach things. Uh, and I was lucky enough to actually experience um, directing in the first year, just for a little short monologue. Uh, not, yeah. not, I won't say monologue, but just like a little, just a short draft film with a, like a draft script. Um, and it was really tough as well because it was like, uh, say, like we need to find, uh, like, say, if we need to find actors, etc. Especially the first year. Um, but luckily enough, we um, um, this lady called uh, Georgia, uh, if I'm allowed to say her name, she. Yes, yeah, um, Oh, that's fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, yeah. So what we did, uh, she. Um, her brother uh, studied uh, acting and said, oh, we'll get a brother involved because he doesn't need to be perfect or anything. It's just like, we just need two actors, that's all. Uh, and we filmed it in an open shore campus near the Manchester airport. Mm. Uh, it was cold in the morning uh, and in my first time directing, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. So uh, obviously I've improved from that now because especially where I went wrong. Um, and then what they do in the, in, um, in the next year, uh, during January to March, well, unfortunately... We couldn't get as much out of it because of the due to the coronavirus pandemic. So we heard about it about three months. Mm. Uh, so I managed to get involved to do a small documentary uh, at the arcade club in Bury, uh, near where I live, uh, called Life is a Game. Uh, there was two versions of the film that was cut. Um, I did my own short version. It, it was only just a little test subject, you know, towards my portfolio. Mm-hmm. But the full version is, is edited by a girl called Connor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's on her YouTube channel. And it's about nearly 18 minutes long. Really good documentary. I went in depth of how the arcade club was advanced, like from its origins to what it is today. Uh, the owners' like passion for the arcade machines, the staff as well of what they see as gaming, etc. And there's a few pro players who played the game. Uh, so, uh, it's like what in during the arcade tournaments, etc. So interviewed them what they got into gaming um, and what they like about it as well so uh, but yeah that was uh, one of my projects I've done for um, last year but obviously due to the coronavirus pandemic we couldn't uh, do uh, couldn't do much after that it was kind of a shame really so but it didn't 
it hit me too much. It was just that due to these times, I'm like, oh yeah, we need to follow these rules now. What they're saying. So, um, but yeah, that was the first year, and then mm. uh, so basic basic stuff uh, an idea and then the second year is so much better it's amazing we get access to like sony fs 700s re alexas these are used in the industry you know like netflix bbc etc mm-hmm. um and what's great as well with that they're so highly advanced that we easy the issues actually send us an email of different links of how to actually operate it properly mm-hmm. that's how advanced they are and what's great as well in this this year you're actually been pushed to a more limit where you want to go into the industry and that's why i've got my writing editing directors as my friend uh, main free specialisms yes. um so what i'm doing from there uh now i'm getting some more work experience from a third year students and then hopefully soon um when the time comes i can obviously ask for like say for work experience like i said the bbc or itv if they get anything going and just uh just uh, just ask her to see if there's any work experience going like volunteering etc oh, yeah. uh yeah just so start from the bottom and then if they do that if you're really well and they know you well they might even get a phone call and to see that if you're interested in doing this project and i'll say yeah uh let's take as much opportunities as i can really and then and then when it comes to the third year which i can't wait to do which is going to be the bachelor of arts which is uh, a more like advanced version of the year two but then you get more into like the industry so let's say uh, more in-depth report writing academic style and even like trying to like even like promoting a business like sort of thing and um speaking to like the heads of people at the bbc or if you want to like interview them it, it's it's becoming insane it's so insane so uh and and the more i keep researching my specialisms the more like artistic um, vision i'm gonna get out of it like i said before like i've got the books up there as well and the research i can walk online and learning resources as well online um because that's what i want i want to learn the art of those specialists I want to get out because I really want to perfect myself of what I really am. Uh, and this uni as well, especially my second year and third year, it's going to really showcase of what I'm truly am capable of. And, and I'm really proud for that, especially the direction it went to. And and I know and I knew I wanted to choose Manchester Film School because when I went for my interview there, there was just something perfect about it like the way they have the studio and the way it was all set out the previous people who worked in the industry up there were teaching us um and these key people who have worked in the industry in my third year tutor called gareth he's actually worked at pinewood studios so and he's got cinematographers so he knows like the whole cinematography side so when he says like that's not right he definitely knows it's not right so you say you have to amend it etc so uh, and it's it's great to learn like uh, Harry's got into like the professional stage and what he understands he's just passing on to these students and uh, it's just incredible uh, what we could end up with and uh, but uh, but when I started I was I started, uh, started film school I thought I'm more the mental type so because I knew that I wanted to like make my own films you know like write and direct and then and I'm still keeping up to that stage I'm just going to keep learning from that and keep researching where I want to get into um, because. I think when it comes to like boom operates, you know, like that, I think, uh, I mean, for me, and that's what I mean, I'm more, more like a writer, so more mental wise. So, uh, but yeah, such amazing opportunities we can get into and making contacts is unbelievable. And then, but it's just one of those industries where you just got to keep going and going and going and just, uh, and just keep learning as much as you can and making most contacts as you can and just keep going and going and going. And then the more you, the more you, the more you don't solve, the better opportunities you'll get, like working abroad, etc. And mm-hmm. 
and I think that that's why that's why I like the course. I think it's a great course. So try to get the most out of it, and the tutors are amazing. They they will guide you in the right direction, um, and the, and the more positive feeling thinking you have as well, uh, the, the the more uh, like impressions you'll get in the industry, and the more contacts you'll get. So um, it's more just keep going, and uh, and that's what I like about it. So I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to follow my passion, and that's why it's going. But it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, fair enough then, mate. You know, you, uh, you you seem very happy with what you're doing, so that's, you know, at the end of the day, like, you know, you've made yourself happy, and it's awesome, you know, I'm proud of you for everything, like, you know. <laughs> oh, thank you. It's all right. Um, like, what movie role are you going to cast Tim McDee in? Tim McDevitt in? Tim McDevil? Um, Tim McDevitt. <laughs> Tim McDevitt. Um, well, somebody said, but I don't know who he is. What? <laughs> Your friends on it, it, Facebook. It's, oh yes, Tim Divitt, That's him. Yeah, that's him. Uh, he's he's Netflix then, famous, uh, that boy. <laughs> oh, uh, I don't know. I mean, he likes horrors, doesn't he? So when I see him post his pictures, he likes doing all the horror stuff. So, I mean, I mean, if he's in a, like a soup, if he's like a paranormal activity, one would say paranormal activity, but in a paranormal horror role, hmm. I think it'd be great for that. I think hmm. he's up for it. So. Casting, I'll say, yeah, I'll, I'll get him involved. He, he should be too bad. Yeah. So, anyway, does like cameos, but I can see him acting. So, let's do like rehearsal roles from a script to see how he does and uh, see what he's got. Yeah, so. yeah, that's him. <laughs> if you get famous because of this properly, then it's thanks to me, you know. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> oh, so, dear. Zachy boy, tell us yeah. about Crunchy Pizza. Okay. Oh, guess what? Surprise, surprise! I had some last night. No. Yes, I should have. Should, I should have sent you a picture. I'm heartbroken. Six-piece chicken burger popcorn, four fillets, two chicken breasts, and a whole lot of Perry salted chips. It's one of the greatest takeaways in Bolton. If you ever get in the Bolton, if you ever get to Bolton, do not miss Crunchy Plus Pizza. But get the chicken. It's better than KFC. And I guarantee you that me and Matthew here, we've agreed on it. <laughs> Do you remember that time? Uh, like, when, when you go up north, it's, it's cheap. I don't, I don't really know why it's cheaper compared to the, you know, obviously down south. But we, uh, somehow I ordered like 20 pounds worth of food from there. And we got like two pizzas, a chicken bucket, and then just a load of Donner meat. Do you remember the Donner meat from there? And we tried it. Yes. It tasted like curry. Yes. <laughs> I mean, you know, this is the weirdest Donner meat I think I've ever tried in my life. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that's what I mean. You get a lot of on north. I mean, especially on takeaways, etc. So To you guys, that's expensive. To us, that's cheap. So, you know. <laughs> oh, that's twenty pound, especially. Uh, but I mean, it depends where you get it from. Especially there is some uh, price various takeaways. Uh, I mean, you got Wingville as well. Who it used to be Allen's and Burial, but now it's now Wingville. Which I have tried some the other day. They're not too bad. Um, so I would recommend. In fact, if you come up north again, mm-hmm. try Wingville. You'll love that. I'm like, man, Matthew's gonna love this. Was it just chicken so, wings? So, Oh, chicken! Everything not spicy chicken. It seems pretty, pretty good. Mate. Yeah, but it's up there with Crunchy Plus. Time so day, I think you have to make we have to like make a decision which is better, Wingville or Crunchy Plus. So <laughs> if you get back up north, we'll have to make a decision. <laughs> no, I'll have one each per day, so we're all right, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> but you're also a massive fan of Star Wars. 
Yeah, Star Wars. Yeah, I would love you the say original trilogy. Star Wars got you into like what you know, wanting to be a filmmaker. I'd say so. Yeah, everyone said that. A lot of people have said that oh, Star Wars really inspired them. Uh, I mean, because I remember, in fact, I actually, I actually first started Star Wars watching the prequels, not the originals. Mm. Now, this would be there is a bit of a controversial question because a lot of a lot of people, fans, are a bit divided on the prequels because you talk about Jar Jar Binks and and everything, all politics. But but looking back at it now, it's kind of pretty genius. Mm. So. I mean, I prefer the prequels in, to me better than the originals because I think it's got more in-depth storytelling. Um, I mean, I like the lightsaber duels. It's more action parts. It's got more. It, there's more thrilling. It's, it gives. It's more intense. Uh, so well, you're, you're, you're intense, basically but... there to watch. You know, love Obi Wan Kenobi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you McGregor, he's the best. Oh, Obi Wan's oh. the man. But oh, it's, I cannot wait for his TV series. That's going to be amazing. <laughs> So, but yeah, Ewan McGregor, he owned that role. He definitely, it was definitely, if I, I'd say he was definitely the best, uh, best younger version for Sir Alec Guinness mm. uh, when he played Obi-Wan Kenobi in the original trilogy. Um, oh, he was perfect. Uh, and even quite a few cast members as well, like Liam Neeson as Qui-Gon Jinn. I think he played a good role. Liam Neeson's so, the greatest actor of all time. I'm, I'm saying that. Oh, yeah. You know, Dave, oh, yeah. Look at that, look at that resume yeah. he's got, right? His film resume is he 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 saved like you know he saved all the Jews he trained yeah. a- a- Anakin Skywalker and then also yeah. basically battered him to death but he still survived right yeah he, he taught he taught Luke Skywalker uh, actually no no he trained no I'm talking about Obi Wan there he trained yeah, basically he, he was he he picked Anakin whatever you know kind of trained him blah 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 you know he yeah. trained Obi Wan yeah there we go um he yeah. he saved his daughter three times in Taken right. He, yeah. he trained Batman and tried to kill him. Yeah. Yep. He bought uh, a kid. That didn't go well. Yeah, he bought a kid who wasn't his kid, a drum kit, and then <laughs> in the movie Love Actually, then took him over to the airport just so he could try and get lucky with the girl, right? <laughs> he he saved the plane full of passengers. Uh, he saved the train full of passengers. He and... flew a tank in the A team. Yes, he did. Right. Um, Come at me. Anybody else who's flown a tank in your life, Liam Neeson has. Have that. <laughs> yeah, so God. And he became Zeus as well. He was Zeus in Clash of the Titans. <laughs> so. Liam Neeson, the greatest actor of all time. Oh, oh. You give me any role, any action role, he'll do it. Yeah. So, yeah. So, and you've, and ever like, like, even kidnapping his daughter, you're thinking, and, and what what's next? Like, kidnapping his lighter. If someone pitches his lighter, he'll be there running all over the show for his lighter. <laughs> <laughs> but he's a smoker. Someone pitches his lighter, and that's it. This is like the ne- the next taken, taken the lighter, and he starts searching for this lighter. <laughs> he'll do anything just to search for his lighter. <laughs> that man, he's an acting god. <laughs> oh yeah, he's, he's amazing. He's a, did you know he started off uh, in a, a forklift truck operator? <laughs> Um, Did you know start, that? No, but we will start somewhere, don't we? <laughs> yeah, that's where he started. Before he started acting uh, when he was working. That's what. That's how he. Well, how he started. And I think he. I don't know which university he went to after that. Mm. Can't remember. Uh, I don't know if it was either university or a royal or a theatre of arts. I can't remember. Uh, I'll have to research on that. 
Uh, but he did do start somewhere, and then that's how he got recognised. And and he's been doing films since like the like late eighties, early nineties. Like it's like the early nineties where he got more recognition, and then obviously like we got to like Taken, and then that's when his action role starts appearing. That's mm. when he got more bit more com- uh, more common in the industry. Uh, but yeah, top guy. Yeah, yep. what a guy. Liam Neeson, love to meet him. <laughs> 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 we've got a bit off off topic really haven't we like uh we were talking about your you and your love for star wars and we got on to Liam Neeson we're like uh talking about you and star wars i remember you you showed me a uh, a video uh that's on your channel uh zach attacks community hub on youtube advertised yeah for you that's there. it yeah right. and it was one of your homemade movies basically uh it sounds like i'm going to talk about a porno but don't worry we're not going to talk about a porno it's a video of you oh. and your mate and uh you go to some woods or wherever i i didn't i didn't get the storyline at all but i'm sitting here going like jesus christ Zach, the effects in this movie are amazing <laughs> yeah like, <laughs> i mean, like you're trying to tell. I remember, like me, looking really confused in the whole thing, and then while 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 I'm sitting there, like looking for confusion, like, well, the storyline is basically, you know, I've come here because I've been summoned here. I'm like, okay, that, that makes. You know, <laughs> then you're telling me the story while it's going along, but yeah, it's a, it was really, really. Uh, like I said, the effects were amazing. You had lightsabers in it. I'm pretty sure you probably even had the force, you know. But yeah, that was really like you know, the effects were really enjoyable. The storyline I didn't get, but still, you know. <laughs> Oh, well, the storyline, well, when I look at it now, I mean, it was, I mean, literally we had no budget at all. I mean, this was my first time writing a script and first time editing a proper like, short mm-hmm. film. And I learned a lot from there. I mean, the storyline is one of those ones where I wanted to set it up for like uh, for like a sequel because it will make more sense. So there's, that's why I've done it that way, because I want to set it up. I mean, I've got another idea for it, you know, to make another one, but... I need a budget. I really do. I mean, I want to make it three hours long. <laughs> so, yeah. it's, I really do because th- there is a storyline with this character, what I've created. Uh, it might, some people might, I don't know, it might be a bit, I want to say it's cliche, it's because of where he actually came from, what makes it more interesting because mm. there's a twist where you, we see like, like the agent where he's like the bad guy he says you're a, you're an experiment etc so and then and then when when he like becomes like this immortal thing he's like oh hang on a minute the terms have turned here what's going on yeah he, what, he manages to kill him and i'm like oh okay what's going on what's this um and that's when i was because i thought the last act i mean i do love the last act of the film hmm. uh but the, the acts i didn't like was like it was it was like between the first and second acts, you know, when we when me and mates actually got to the woods and like what was going on. I thought I could have done better at that, but the last act to me, I loved it because mm. it, it makes sense because it's a bit more dramatic conclusion uh, and there's a lot more story to be like, like, oh, what's going on here? What's this? Mm. <laughs> you have the, uh, so, the whole like you know, um, kind of like you know, you, you can tell you're obviously a Star Wars and like Terminator fan. Um, you just need to throw what's his name in there. Uh, the guy does all the explosions. <laughs> oh, I can't remember his name. Michael Bay. That's the one. <laughs> oh, what a director! What a guy! <laughs> Pearl Harbor. What a masterpiece! <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting one, but <laughs> <laughs> hasn't got Liam Neeson in it. <laughs> oh, but it's got Cool Bugatti Junior in it. <laughs> Yeah, and, and Alec Baldwin as well. Alec Baldwin. <laughs> but you know, you got to remember if you if you're talking about World War Two films, and you know, you just got to remember Liam Neeson. 
Schindler's, Schindler's List. List. Yeah, that's On... uh, that's a ma- that film's a masterpiece. Very very sad. It is. If I even I get upset as well, even yeah. at the end, it is. I've seen it so many times, like you know, just when you're like you're waiting to go out or something, you still got like, you know, three hours to kill, you know. You know what, uh, I feel like getting down before, you know, uh, you know, going out and talking to people just to make me happy, you know. So you basically <laughs> make yourself go down by watching Schindler's List. Uh, and then like you're going like this is really upsetting, and then you'll go out and then you'll meet your friends, you're like, Hey, smiling again because you know, you're out with your friends and things like that and just kind of grateful about you know what you know your ancestors you know really you know done for you really like you know saving us in world war Two. you know so uh yeah a bit deep that <laughs> yeah yeah it's very important i would recommend everyone to watch it even though unfortunately there is some parts that are a bit disturbing but mm. that's what happened so so it's not like steven spielberg he wasn't doing it just for the sake of doing it because he's doing it for a reason because that's what happened similar to saving private ryan mm. you know that that uh, beach opening scene because i mean that is probably one of the most realistic opening scenes i've ever seen in cinema yeah. and i don't think we'll ever get that scene ever attack ever again uh if I, it was even that disturbing veterans actually watched that film and even walked out because of how traumatized trauma like it was because mm. it actually felt like they were there and and that's what I mean. It, it, they have to get as most detailed as possible instead of making so like a like a drama for a worldwide audience. Because I, I like to say I prefer films like that where it just gets straight to the point because it, it just shows you that this is actually what happened. Uh, mm-hmm. And so like doing story, and that's why like Schindler's List and Saving Private Ryan, both directed by Steven Spielberg, they're just incredible, both works of art and history as well. Yeah. So it's it's like uh, with uh, Schindler's List. Um... They actually got um, the people, like the survivors, who were actually you know, obviously on the set, didn't they? And um, the girl who actually, uh, well, the person, Helen Hilsch, the maid who uh, does the thing for, uh, like, you know, the maid or whatever for Amon Oh, for, um, yeah, yeah. But, uh, oh, so, who's it called? Amon Go, played by uh, Ralph Fiennes, isn't he? Yes. Yep. Good actor. So basically, yeah. yeah. He, um, he, apparently, he looks basically like the spitting image of Amon Goth. That much that basically Helen Hilsch, the actual person, was too petrified to even go up to him. And he was just there, like, don't really know what I've done wrong here, you know. <laughs> and obviously, oh, it's, I know it's, it is, you know, it's, it, it is. I understand where that came from because mm. as we see someone like that, especially when it's traumatized, like in the past, he, he would like, oh, okay, yeah, and. And that on set, that must have been a really sad moment on set. I mean, even the actors thinking, no, it's okay, it's okay. Mm. Uh, I wonder what Ralph's reaction would have been from that. I think he would have, I mean, he would have done something nice, which he probably would have done, but I I wonder what would happen there. But I know that's pretty sad, that, so... Mm. I don't actually think there's actually a behind-the-scenes documentary on this one, so... No, no um, I mean, I I can have a look on my Blu-ray copy uh, and see what... um, special like features they've got and see mm. what there is so there's like documentaries and things like that but it's, i don't think there's actually a behind the scenes so you, you can't actually see how it was like behind the scenes so yeah so i'll keep it yeah keep it more private which that i won't understand why so um so but yeah if they did it for a reason then that makes more sense so yeah <laughs> what's it so yeah um Looking back at your life, you're like honestly, you 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 you're always such a positive lad. Like, there's a there's a story that always, you know, obviously, you know, I just think is so heartwarming. Like uh, a few days before Christmas, a few years ago, 
you lost your nan and you know to be honest with you that you know obviously struck you know only a few yeah, days before Christmas that's you know so sad or whatever you know it really is um but Christmas Day, you actually decided just to go hang out with your granddad for the day because you, you just didn't want him to be alone on Christmas. Is that is that correct? Yes, it was. Um, I think. Uh, I think. Um, no, I think what I did. I think I stayed off on Christmas Eve. You did yeah. I did. Yeah, I really yeah. did. Uh, but yeah, that was. Yeah, that was pretty sudden, and it's going to be even more sudden because it's approaching five years. Oh, so right. a five year anniversary, and um, I just can't believe it's come that quick. Mm. It's it's unbelievable and, I, and it's just I know it's I'm, I know I remember those moments because I remember having a phone call on my birthday on December the 8th uh, mm. from my grandma and tell her like oh I'm going to see you on Sunday uh, so I literally did say like I'll see you on Sunday because uh, I usually see my grandma on Sunday but then when I heard the news a few days after that she um, like she collapsed and got sent to hospital so I'm like oh oh okay um, mm. alright so we'll just go see her at the hospital and then and I saw her and then um, uh, and she was in like uh, the um, uh, what's it? What's that ward called? It's ICU? not the it's, yeah. Is it high dependency unit? I think it is. Oh, yeah. I think I think I think it is. Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, but yeah, I remember seeing her there, and then that was like that was the last few moments. I actually, spoke to her, mm. um, uh, and I spoke to her saying, "What we'll do when we when when uh, when you're feeling better, we'll." we'll We'll, uh, we'll play some millionaire if you want on a DVD if you want that who wants to be a millionaire on DVD because we used to, we all love that together so course, yeah. uh, and then a few days later then I heard she went into the intensive care and it was very horrific and I know see that's what I mean I know like when it comes to like films and video games but when you walk into that intensive care unit it's horrifying it really is mm. it, it chills you to the bone it's, it's unreal and when I walked in I'm like I'm like deep. I'm even having deep breaths before you can even open the door. I was that. I was pretty terrified. I'm like, I'm like, right, be brave, Zach, be brave. And then when I walked in, I, I was like, I couldn't even look around. I could, it, was, it was so intense. Mm. It was unreal. And then, and I saw, her and I've been seen her three times. And then, and then on the night of December, I think the 22nd of December, uh, and this was like my final moments with my grandma because I remember. Um, speak, and I actually said, "Oh, can I just have some alone time with me and my grandma?" And I did. Uh, I even held her hand as well, and yeah. I'm like, um, "I couldn't." I just said that. Right, when we get out, uh, we'll play some millionaire. We'll play some dealing ordeal, like sport positive, like mm. the best I could. Uh, even held her hand as well, and uh, and and the feet were like flickering as well, and I'm like, "It's," uh, but that but that was just the last time I ever saw my grandma. Yeah, it really was in person. Yeah. And I'll, I'll, never, I'll never forget that. And uh, and then when I was told uh, that me, uh, Mick, and Steve, we went, we went, uh, went back home. And I remember like um, um, they were staying behind as well. And I'm like, because um, I knew at that point, I knew it would be good news. I'm like, oh no, this is going to be, yeah, this is going to be upsetting. This. Um, so I went home. I didn't sleep. Uh, I stayed home. Uh, I stayed up, and I'm like, um, it was about half twelve in the morning. I said, "Oh, where's mum?" And I'm like, uh, I said, "Oh, well, she'll be back soon." And then when she when she went home, she told me the news, and then that's when my grandma passed away. And and then I went in, and then the next day, I, I actually went. I actually went into work, um, but mm. I had a choice: either not going to work or going to work. But 
I, I decided to go into work because I couldn't stay at home, mm. think about what just happened, yeah, and just be alone. I couldn't do it. Um, and then after that, I went into work, had a nice career because the at that time <laughs> they supplied a career in the warehouse, and yeah. it was a really nice career actually. Yeah, it was. It was. <laughs> Part of the uh, family who the di- the, di- the board of directors who run the company, mm-hmm. the they know like this nice curry place and they brought a supply and it was definitely one of the best curries I've ever had. Really, really yeah. lovely. Um, but obviously, I did get a bit upset, you know, um, man, like because obviously, <laughs> yeah, but it was a bit upsetting when I were heard. But then after that, uh, yeah, I stayed at Grandad's. Uh, for Christmas because uh, then we just talked about like what did grandma like and said that we even listened to ABBA and I'm like oh she loved her ABBA music mm. so I said oh we'll listen to ABBA so but it was just like I've just never felt like Christmas would be the same again I just could not believe it yeah. it was it was literally it was so daunting it, it, it was oh I couldn't believe it so um and yeah, and and now what we do every year, every Christmas, we usually uh, visit Grandma uh, up in um, near Radcliffe, uh, Radcliffe Crematorium, and that's what we do now. Uh, so every Christmas, uh, that's what we do. And and now, because be five years this time, it, it's just going to be, it's just going to be even more upsetting. Yeah. And uh, so. But yeah, that that is the story. Uh, uh, my grandma like, passed away, and that's how it happened. Yeah. So yeah, uh, I know it's. I can't say much more. Yeah, no, that's fine, man. Yeah. Like, you know, you've uh, you've aced it. Like you know, uh, like let's let's get on to something more positive to close the show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. So, but, yeah, yeah. Thank you very much for saying that because yeah, right, man, it is a fun. Yeah, speaking it's fine. Like, isn't it? But, like, you know. Okay. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> tell 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 me about like your funniest day in your life right now. Funniest day. Yeah. Oh. Your face has just completely good. changed. You've got something on the brain. I know what it is. I mean, I've got so many funny days, but I think the funniest day has got to be when you and me watched the funniest prank call ever. Oh, God, we, could, we, we were in fits of we, laughter for like two hours. We were, we? I was, I thought I was about to collapse. I thought yeah. I was about to die. I was literally laughing like a, <laughs> oh, I was laughing till I couldn't stop. It was that funny. We were, we kept watching over and over again. We still laughed. We, we, oh, we, that, we were laughing for the, a good two hours afterwards, I'm pretty sure. That but. was the funniest thing we ever watched. <laughs> I just picked so. up my Honda 98 Accord. <laughs> and there's, and a, there's a giant bird in Backseat. But it's just when it gets going, though. The jokes are so funny. Uh, it's, oh my word. I mean, how big is it? How long is it? It's about as long as my arm. <laughs> <laughs> The funniest thing ever. <laughs> well, oh, but yeah, those moments like that. It, see, there is there's some days where, uh, I mean, I can laugh, but there is some days where I physically cannot stop laughing, yeah. where my body's like in a proper hyper mode, and that is when I'm experiencing full-on laughing, mm. like really like laughing like, oh my God, I can't stop, and this is like one of the funniest days of my life. Yeah, man. <laughs> because it, but because I've seen quite a lot of funny things in my life, but... Uh, I mean, it's hard to see some of the original now. I mean, I don't mind watching YouTube poops, etc., because they're pretty good. Um, and just watching Fail Army. Yeah, Fail Army doesn't um, doesn't fail, doesn't 
disappoint me and uh, and just watching stuff like that and then all Japanese pranks as well they're pretty funny to watch yeah they're, they're great for a laugh uh, but yeah that prank call oh, oh yeah I'm watching Big Bill Hells as well that car advert <laughs> <laughs> oh that's Man. funny <laughs> and you love the John Cena prank as well <laughs> oh yes the John Cena prank yeah. <laughs> oh that's the best what was that and also we're going to talk about the oh the shock master oh, God, yeah. the shock oh master. yeah the, the, yes what a shock to the world he brought <laughs> genius character Zach so. I'm not going to lie it's been great having you on it's great to see you happy again you know you, you were quite sad the other day but you know it's been it's been great talking <laughs> yeah. to you so, you know uh, man. <laughs> so you know oh. t- tell everyone how they can follow your because uh, you started a new thing on Instagram Templeman Archives isn't it yeah, so Temple Archives, I think we're going to use that as a, as a name for a business, because I do like that name, Temple Archives. It's inspired by Lucasfilm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think if I want to do, if I want to do like this teaching thing in the future, do you know, like teach like students who like, want to like come into like this little, you know, this little like business and to say like what I think of filmmaking and then just get a bit of money from it, I'm going to call it Temple Archives. Yeah. Uh, and then I create my own content and, you know, let's say if I want to like do a short film and then send off to a few festivals and then do that as like my teaching thing, get a bit of money. Um, we'll just see what happens. Uh, I mean, that's one of my main plans. Uh, but obviously, if I want to go for the freelancing route, if I feel like it, I will do. Or work for a production company to get some experience, I will do. And then just use that name in the future. So, but yeah, I'm just definitely going to use Temple and Archives. Uh, it used to be called, I wanted it to be called Temple Archives, but I thought, hmm, no, Temple Archives, it sounds like something you just put in a film, Temple Archives. Yeah. Like Jedi Temple Archives. Uh, but Temple and Archives just sounds like expired by Lucasfilm, so I thought I'd just go for that. So, yeah. <laughs> why not? Yeah, so I think that's the way it's going to go. So, Instagram pictures of like filming, filmmaking related, both like on my phone, professional cam work, etc. So, just something I can just do, really, just get, just keep like, just keep doing it, just keep being positive mood, and that's what I'll do. Yeah. So, let's go from there. Awesome. <laughs> well, yeah, again, thank you very much for coming on. It's been great, and uh, hopefully, we'll hear oh. from you again soon. <laughs> yeah. Oh, cheers, mate. It's been a great opportunity. So, and uh, I'll speak to you soon. Bye, bye. Okay, then. Have a good one, buddy. Okay, cheers, buddy. Thank cheers. you so much. All right. All right. Thanks for coming bye, on. Bye, bye. 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 Yeah, again, I'm Matthew Hasam Hammond, and ooh, baby, do you know what that's worth? Ooh, heaven is a place on earth. Thank you, and goodbye.